Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. We are in Marler's penthouse suite in beautiful Midtown ATL. We are recording this at the end of a long, long day. Week one is in the books for the SEC. We just got finished watching Auburn, which like might have saved the day for the SEC. Yeah. And it was just a crap fest of, of a day. But that's what you can call it. Before we get into everything, cheers. Connor, cheers. PBR is on his third PBR. Third PBR. So Rebeer Connor is feeling it. Those are tall boys too. I don't think he knows that. I don't think he knows that. I, I do know that. My we have math an is very good. So tonight, which is cool. It's more like four PBRs for me, so just yeah. saying. Um, so Today was today was all over the place. We want to hit on a ton of things. Of course, we are going to hit on the awfulness that was most of this day for the SEC. Man, I'm so glad that we were at the Bama game for for a majority of the suckiness. We were at the Bama day or at the Bama game for the majority of this day, it and that. it was a unique experience for you. We'll get to that. We're going to get to some Week One overreactions. Some some. Things that Tennessee fans can maybe maybe hold on to some some positive things. We're gonna we're gonna make this easier for you, Vol Twitter. You're not gonna have to go to social media and lash out. We're gonna help you out. I promise. We're gonna do all that. We have a ton of stuff to get to in our first post a full post Saturday pod. But before we do all that, got to tell you about our friends at Ticket IQ. Ticket IQ offers low guarantees on all college football tickets, which means that you get 200% of the price difference if you find the same ticket for less. 200%, Marlon. Can't count That's that good. Again, Ticket IQ shoppers save an average of 20% off of StubHub and Vivid Seats. Download their app in the App Store or Google Play and use code SDS20 for $20 off your first purchase of at least $75 to save even more. That's SDS20. Marlon. We're going to start with Auburn, and this is for everybody who thinks that you're a homer. Everybody needs don't, to know. No, no, no. Do, I don't. Nothing that was happening behind the scenes needs to be okay. shared with anybody. All right. Let's just let's just say there was there was some animated watching of Auburn at, at, down the stretch here, and for the sake of the SEC, you can bet Greg Sankey, who was there in Dallas, was watching that game. Yeah. Really hoping for a last minute victory because it was a, it was a crap day. But what Auburn did, Bo Nix. Big Knicks energy, as you love to say. Holy cow, what a finish. It kind of went exactly the way that we forecast. Okay, that was so like the one the thing. thing we got I'll right. be honest with you. I was high-fiving people. My neighbor is a huge Auburn fan. I scared the bejesus out of him when I was banging on his door because they were they were hollering and, and, and carrying on, doing all sorts of things, man. But when I was pulling for Auburn, those are things that like usually come out of my mouth. However, let me explain myself. Allie, Oregon State fan. It's our one-year anniversary being engaged. She's happy. She ordered pizza for all of us. She's a great team mom today. Um, so I wanted her to be happy. And, and above all else, this game went not kind of like how I said it was going to go. It went almost exactly how I said it was going to go. And it, I've said this before. There's just, you know, there's not a lot of things better in this life for me than being right about sports. I don't care how that sounds. New Gus was on display in his best form in the fourth quarter where Bo Nix hadn't had a good day. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It was, it was a rough debut for him. 13 of 31. Yikes. I mean, the final line, not going to look good, but the, the fourth down conversion he had where, you know, maybe his knee is down and then it's not. And then the, the new Gus approach to throw that ball as we're watching it right now, 
the game-winning touchdown pass, and then this perfect little interaction that they had. Oh, there's our board, Darinoka. We're watching right now. Um, who probably recorded this like a long time ago. He's not still there yeah. um, doing this stuff. But Bo Nix has the clutch gene. <coughs> and what a thrilling way to end week one where Nugas just flexes on the world. He had three workouts before this day. Yeah. But I'm sure he got his steps in watching this game. And he had moments where like you could tell he was saying words harsher than dog crap on the I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now what happened with Nugas. Nugas... He had this whole energy, this off-season energy. You can call it Big Nick's energy. You can call it whatever you want to say. He gets his own th- He gets his yeah, own energy. Yeah, but New Gus, as we discussed the other day, New Gus is out there smoking Marlboro Reds, kissing your mom, riding mopeds without a, without a helmet, uh, skipping class. Yep. Just, I mean, putting his cigarette out on his own arm and probably in your own milkshake if he's having malts after the game. I don't know why New Gus is a 50, 50, like 1950s Fonzie to me. No, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling okay. it. Um, but here's what happened, bottom line. New Gus showed up to the game today, and, and he just wasn't himself. He went back to old Gus. He had pleated khakis on. His, it was like parents' weekend. Like his parents came in town, and he's mm-hmm. trying to impress them. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? This sucks. Where's my jewel? I'm going to rip this jewel on the sidelines. And next thing you know, Auburn's dominating the game. Everybody's like, oh, Auburn's going to settle for a <coughs> field goal here. Auburn's going to settle for a field goal. They're going to, you know, are they, they going to have a game-winning, you know, game-winning kick at the last seconds? No, no, no. Gus isn't winning a game on a last-second field goal. No. Gus is like, I'm going to throw the ball. I'm yeah. going to put my true freshman out there. I don't care what kind of venue we're playing in. And he's going to drop kick you in the face. Gus is, Gus is the kind of, kind of guy that if he was a stepdad, he would come in and not really care to meet you if, if you were the kid. And then he, he would kiss your mom with, with his eye open, looking at you. Just, just yeah. That's, that's new Gus. That's, new Gus is, is an alpha through and through. Yeah. What, a, what a performance by the Auburn defense, too. I mean, that's not overlooked that... What they were able to do holding Justin Erbear down the stretch in the fourth oh, quarter in that game to be able to pull that out, to give Bo Nix a chance at the end. I mean, that, that game was one of those where you'll look back maybe you know a few months from now, and if Auburn is having one of those years, I'm not saying that they will, but if they are having one of those years, you'll look on that you'll look back on, on week one and be like, yep, this is uh, this, we, we probably should have known a while ago. But at the same time, let's not forget. While we are very high on what we saw from Auburn, we've talked about New Gus, and we think that you know they could potentially turn the corner, and if they could win a game like that with Bo Nix having that bad of a line, that's obviously a good sign. But they did get off to this kind of start last year against Washington, where yep. they're beating a team that you know top ten worthy, you know preseason favorites to win the Pac-12, and then obviously we knew what happened after that. Having said that, if you're an Auburn fan, you're delighted right now. You're delighted that you have a quarterback that you can that you can get behind. And Joey Gatewood actually did get involved and had a little Cam Newton yeah, he managed run at the goal well. line. A little leap, but... I was yeah. most impressed that New Gus, or just, I was just calling him Gus for a second. I was just most impressed that Gus stuck with him and stuck by his own decision. Exactly. Because that could have gotten, that could have gone sideways quick. I, I, listen, Twitter was ready to give up on Bo Nix as a gambler in this game. They were I calling for Joey Gatewood in yeah, this game. Yeah, without a doubt. And it was, it was, it, he, he wasn't doing a lot of things. It, like, It'd be one thing if, like, well, he had a couple of tough breaks. He has a pick, but it was like a you know deflected pass over the middle or something like that, and like the safety comes out with it. But he was making bad decisions. The happy feet were starting to come into play, like in the second half especially. Or Sacked for the first time since his junior year of high school. Yeah. I had no idea that I that was no a thing. That's, That's amazing. Impressive. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was worrisome for a while. It was, it was not going well. It was, and then to to show up like that down the stretch, just a, a huge win for Auburn. 
Will Auburn be in the top 10? Is that possible? Will they be in the top 10 of the AP poll? We're gonna, They'd a be lot the of people, 11 team in the country. Maybe we'll know this. A lot of people who are listening to this, they'll know that by the time that they can. Oh, no, they won't because no. we have Monday night games. That's yep. right. So we're not going to find this out for a little while. But just a, a very impressive win. Um, okay. They go ahead of A&M is a better question. A&M, who was 12th. But Texas State, 140, Texas State 141.7. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, let's just, for one second, let's just get back to, I wish we, I mean, our producer's here, Will, and I, I wish that we had actual audio of, of what I said about how they were going to be down by, like, I, I, at least a touchdown. I think I said 10 points, maybe. They'd be down going into the fourth quarter, and he was going to have a miraculous comeback and lead in victory. <laughs> Chris, I mean, didn't really go well on that whole 24-point spread with Tennessee. No. That went south quick. No. Uh, Bama covering the first half spread, also not great. But everything else was good. Yeah, this was uh, this was probably for well for us in terms of predictions, and then in terms of the SEC as as a whole, this was like the big bright spot yeah. of the day. All right, we were at Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. We were at Bama Duke. It was your first press box experience, and it was an experience. It was awesome. I mean, from the be- from beginning to end. Watching, I, I got joy in watching you experience this for the first time because like we're, there was even a moment where like we're walking through the CNN Center on the way to the game because we walked for some odd reason. Oh man, I fudged up big on that one. You beefed up hard. <laughs> um, and so we're, we're walking through the CNN Center and you're like, yeah, we don't need to, like, we don't need to stop and eat, do we? I'm like, Marla, wait till you see how much food there is up there. And then okay. you ask, even ask the question later, you're like, do they have water in the press box? Yeah, Did yeah. You they, need some waters? No, no, we're, we're good there. But watching you experience this was was great. So wanna, why don't you tell the people who maybe weren't following along on social media or, you know, didn't necessarily get to, to you know, don't necessarily know all the ins and outs of, of just a press box experience. Why don't you explain just kind of what your day was all like? Right, first off, if you guys weren't following us on social media, you're dead to me because it was the best day ever. Um, second off, so I, I can't, like, there's no other way for me to start this than by saying, then I bring up the food thing. There was just so much food. All the food. It was all the food. Oh, this is unreal. Um, it, we're, we're, we're finally getting caught up on some of these games here, by the way. Guys. Yeah, so our apologies. Like, we haven't watched all the highlights yet of, yeah. of every game. Just it's been a very, we've been kind of moving around a lot during the oh. day. We try to catch as much as possible. So if we have like a random audible reaction, like right now the Portland State Arkansas highlights are on. I told and you guys to jump over the 28 and a half point line. That was not my, my Woof. Best. But yes, tell the people about, about your day and try not to let your ADD kick in. Yeah, so basically what happened was we went, we went to the stadium, and I thought we were going to get there, we were going to be there like super early, and we were not. We got there like about an hour and a half beforehand, it was pretty great. It's probably not the same for all places, you were saying. This is like a very nice press box. NFL press box, very yeah. nice. So they had like a TV in every corner, you could see these games, um, I mean, you just waltz right in. You waltz. We looked gross. We were, we were pouring sweat. My backpack was just He's wet. Connor sweated through his backpack. It was gross. That is one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. It's because you made me walk like two miles. That is also true. Because yeah. I was like, oh, well, we're going to take the scenic route today. I want you to see Dragon Con. Um, so we go, we go down there, and we get up to we get up to the actual press box, and it's like I think everyone was kind of betting on me, um, not at being asked to leave, but like definitely at one escorted point, out yeah, kindly, like having. Having it, at least one reaction, I think, would have been a fair assumption yeah. was going to happen. But we got up there. There's, there's food everywhere. There's Chick-fil-A sandwiches. 
There's these beef tips, which I like those were incredible. There was like a rigatoni, which I don't even know what that really means technically, but it was just, there was food everywhere. Ice cream machine was down, not great. Um, they got it fixed though, we were good. Yeah. And then and then you had like, we, we had these like great seats because like we were like right next to the aisle. So like I had to pee like. Every seven, five minutes? Yeah, which was perfect. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of pacing to be honest. Like I'm not used to be having to sit still and be quiet for three and a half hours, like in general. But to do it for a Bama game was even worse. But it was just really cool because we, we were, the way, where we were at, like in the end zone, you could kind of see the rest of the stadium. It's, it's the part of the stadium where like it looks out with like the giant glass into the city. So it was just, it was a lot of fun. Very surreal for me to, to think about like, like my upbringing and being like a Bama fan. And, and like, you know, and then all of a sudden now I'm like a journalist. There were like <laughs> probably like five or six moments today where you would just hit me and you'd be like, dude. And it, you'd just be like chuckling to yourself. And I would th- I'd be like, what, what, like, what, what's, and it was just you soaking in the moment. Yeah. And like, just trying to appreciate it. And like, it was, it was cool to see because I'm not like, this isn't trying to come off as a sick brag, but like, I've been covering college athletics for, for 10 years now and like going to, to different places and seeing some stuff. Some of this stuff you, you just become a little bit numb to and you, you, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff you take for granted, but like getting to see this and getting to see you like. Yeah. You know, who has only experienced it from the fan side now getting experienced this was really cool. And you know, even cool. down to the end where where you know we have like this experience where there's six minutes left and we're on the field at the end. We can now basically that, go anywhere. So that, so I will say like and I'm like I appreciate you saying that, but at the same time, like I, I didn't go to school to be a journalist. Right. right I went right. to school to be a bartender. Amen. Um no, but I, I didn't go to school to be a journalist. I I, I just like, and, and I, and I was, this has always been my favorite thing. Bama football is always my favorite thing. So it was like a, it's just the 180 of, 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 or I guess like just the surrealness of what it was today was hard to get over. How the turntables. Yeah. That's my, so, but the, the thing was, and I was more than anything, the best part was going on the field at the game because they just let you do anything, man. If you have, if you have a stupid lanyard, they let you do anything. Oh yeah. We, we went down there. We went down on the field. We're just walking out, like, and there's, there's the game is going on, and so at one point I'm just like standing there by myself. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna get some video and some footage and stuff like this. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I'm, I'm constantly looking at, the, like, turning my head from the field, just trying to find Hannah from the Bachelorette, and and then I, I film like one play, and it ends up being like the interception at the goal line that happens like literally ten feet from me, and then like everyone's like celebrating. It was just like this is. Well, after afterwards, we're taking pictures and stuff, and. And, and Butch Jones and Sark are just just chilling. Oh yeah, we're like just standing right next to him. And I, I tweeted like, yeah, just a couple of buddies hanging out. And and then you know obviously so we we were like texting back and forth with with Kristen Saban, and and we we finally meet up with her after after the game. And as we did, oh yeah. If those of you who haven't seen this yet on on social media, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. But you need to follow us on social media as well. The dreams came true today. We met Hannah from the Bachelorette. Hannah and Demi. Yes. It was a big day. It was a big day. It was, it was stunning the way that that kind of all worked out because Kristen Saban was like talking to both of them and then we're kind of like awkwardly behind like, hey, can we get a picture? And we, yeah. you know, like whatever. When are we ever going to be in the same vicinity as, as Hannah B and, and Demi? Probably really soon. Let's do something right. with Hannah B sometime. <laughs> um, but no, it, like even just down to that, it was just, it was, it was surreal. And I'll be honest, like, you you behaved very very well. You passed the test. You got a sixty nine percent the other day on your test, but you passed the the actual game day test 
with flying colors. I was pretty impressed with myself. There was only one moment. Mm, that was close. <laughs> there was only one moment where you almost had like your pounding on the table fandom thing, where it's like, all right, we got we got to dial it back. We first, dial it first, back second, first, second play, of the second half. Xavier McKinney lets the ball go right through his hand. Should have been a pick six. Should have been a pick and, six. And yeah. I, I just go, yep. And it was like at that audible level, like it was, it was, yeah. it was, it wasn't like quiet, but it wasn't loud, but. Again, it wasn't. It was heard. Yeah, it was heard. It's the best <laughs> way to put it. And uh, and it was just, it, I don't know. I, it, that that part, like the knee jerk reaction. I'll tell you, the worst part about that was probably louder than anything was afterwards. Instead of just like owning it, I went full on, like middle school child, like parents <laughs> coming home, like like lying to get out of being in trouble. I was like, uh, so hold on, who's playing safety here? And I just start like rattling off. Anything and everything trying to make up the fact that I wasn't doing that. And Connor's like looking at me, he's like, what? And I was like... I know what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. I was like... I was like <laughs> the whole time. No, I was trying to see... This is weird, because in this, in this formation, are we... And, and Connor's just staring at me. I was like, never mind. I'm just confused. I'm confused. And then like once I got comfortable again, I was like, all right, I totally lied. I made that up. He's like, yeah, no blank, Chris. We yeah. definitely saw that. I was aware. But you know, to, to your credit, though, you handled yourself very well. I've now experienced multiple Bama games with you, and I've seen that you have a, a switch that can be flipped. And I'm impressed, because I didn't, I didn't think that was there. I really, I'm going to flip a while. switch on you next time we go to a damn Bama game, and you start mouthing off about them scoring points and saying all these stuff to jinx it, and then also not allowing us to ever have a first half where we can just coast. Well, I, 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 I will pat myself on the back. I, I, pretty much everything I said today was wrong, but I did say that I thought the Bama offense was going to start a little bit slow, and it yeah. wasn't necessarily going to be a lack of effort or skies falling, but like Sark was just kind of feeling things out, trying to get the right game plan, seeing what's going to work, and he found that those little like underneath crossing routes were just what was going to yeah. work for Bama, and then that game went pretty much as expected. We'll, we'll get to a little bit more Bama stuff later, but I just kind of wanted to uh, to hit on your, your overall experience. It was, like the cool, watching it was like this. one of the coolest days ever, and it really, it's like all jokes aside, it was like just for me, Again, like it from from my upbringing, this was this was such an awesome awesome day for me. One, I do want to pat myself on the back, and I know I brought it up to you before today, but I want I want the listeners to know too. If you ever ever think that well, Chris is a homer and he doesn't show a lot of restraint and blah blah, I deserve a damn award for not yelling or or going down onto the field and absolutely mother blanking that referee who threw a pass interference call oh, yeah. forty yards yep. behind the play. I, 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 that, I, that, you might have a bruise from when I hit you in the chest in that one. I was so, I was so mad. So <laughs> there ridiculous. Are, I've learned this from watching games with you that there are moments when your way to try and like, um, what's, what's the Communicate right word? Like, effectively. You're, you're, you're like, when you try and like subdue a reaction outwardly to like the rest of the world, yeah. you do like the, the mom in the front seat when you're like trying when you're braking really fast where you like put it over the passenger seat like Michael Orr in the blind yeah. side yeah and you like put it over except you like grab you like slam my arm and I always think that you're like punching me I'm like what are you doing and I'm like oh something just happened that you had a strong reaction to yeah and you couldn't outwardly do it so you just felt the need to like that's punch just me, in me the dropping arm. A, a GD but with this non-verbal exactly what's happening now I'm just like what 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 happened what was it. <laughs> Right, not, let's not talk some football, deal. I guess. Yeah, let's talk some football. It was it was rough for the SEC. There's no other way to say it. The SEC is officially dead as a conference. It is going to be the power four. The SEC is going to go into the Pacific Ocean like the state of California. That's that so neither wow. of those things are going to happen. I went too far. To say out loud. Took took it took it way too far. It was um, a horrible opening weekend for the SEC. We can say that. You know, right? it's just. It's not good when we were able to beat our chest in basketball and we couldn't do it in football today. That was a, that was a rough go of it. And it our w- producers over here looking like, 
Can I say asshole? Because that's we can bleep that out. Um, just over here because he, he's an LSU fan, and he, and there was a couple of teams that had good days. There's a couple of teams, and we'll get to them later. We'll get to them later. I promise. But it was it was such a bad showing. I mean, if you take out the fourth quarter from Auburn, even like it was it was just a bad showing for for a majority of teams. Besides, you know, maybe like a handful, and those three that three thirty slot. Whew, I don't. Whew. I don't know if Florida State just poisoned the mojo of what we had going on. We didn't. Neither one of us thought Ole Miss was going to beat Memphis, which is a, correct. A, that's a sentence right there. Yeah. But I mean, like, it like fifteen to ten. I didn't think it was going to be a volleyball score, but like it was. Man, they got South Carolina was seemingly like that game was in hand. The Tennessee Georgia State game. Do you ever? Let's start right there. Let's start right there because. I, I would tend to think that if we're going to say who had the worst weekend uh, of any, but maybe any Power 5 team, I, it's, it's hard not to pick Tennessee. It, it really is. A home opener against an, an FBS program that won two games in the Sun Belt last year. I mean, like, there's no other way to say. They were 2-10. and ten. Yeah, they were 2-10 and ten last year. Tennessee hadn't lost a home opener since 1983. All the bad stuff that we've talked about with Tennessee in the 2010s decade, how terrible they've been. They've never lost a home opener during that stretch. And so for Tennessee to lose to Georgia State, who a team that we, we said, I, I, I tweeted this, I, I've been saying it all offseason, like Jim Chaney flex game, Jim yeah. Chaney flex game over and over. This is a game they're finally going to beat an FBS team by 28 points for the first time since the 2015 Outback Bowl. This is going to happen. And holy cow, Rocky it, Top, it, it was, not in the best mood. It was. It looked bad on all fronts. And I, like Tennessee fans, I'm going to come at you here for a second too. Because first off, I will guarantee you there's at least five listeners that we will not have for the rest of the year. And not because of stuff we're going to say about Tennessee, just because... They they probably went out today and just took on like a life of being like becoming Amish. Like they just I, I'm done with football. I'm moving to like Western Pennsylvania, and I am now gonna churn butter for a living because I can't handle watching Jared <laughs> Garantano and Jeremy Pruitt ruin my youngest years. Like like that is the fans the fans today at for Tennessee they weren't the problem obviously, but it was embarrassing the 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 turnout they had at the start of that second half. And I understand you're losing in Georgia State, and they're awful, and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, like it, we brought this up like on, on on Twitter, and it was like, yes, like this is not it. Like you can't not show up for this team. It's 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 game one. It's game one. Your dreams haven't been broken yet. Did we see the shot of the stadium at the at the start, or was it just at started half second half? You know, and and that was from that was from uh, Hyams, whatever however you say his name. The, the crowd shots to me like aren't always indicative, but at the same time, I, I take what somebody like Chris Lowe said really seriously, where he, Chris Lowe is like, you know, obviously he does great work for, for ESPN. Right. I make the joke all the time that when's Chris Lowe gonna come out with a save and not retiring story? It's been about a week. Right. But Chris Lowe knows Tennessee as well as anybody. This and is Jimmy Himes. Uh, Jimmy Himes, that's right. Chris Lowe, is, is Tennessee grad. He's very, very close and connected to that program. Even he, after that game, said, you know what, this is going to be tough for Tennessee fans to like really get on board and like support this team. When you have an opener like this, the public perception and the way that college football is different than other sports, you have eight months of talking about how you're going to make this next step. This next step is coming. We've had so much pain. We've had so much frustration. We've had so much time to talk about this. It's year two. This is our time to make this next step. I've said Throughout the entire offseason, 
if there was one team I was going to bet the farm on yeah. having a higher win total this year than last year, it's Tennessee. And it's not that you expect your team to be competing for a division title or anything like that, but having that dose of reality in week one when you lose to an FBS team, or I keep saying FBS, I, I'm meaning to say Sunbelt team. Yeah. It's my third PBR, whatever. Um, when you have that, that, that realization of like, oh my gosh, not only are we not going to win a division this year, but we're like way, way off. We're way off. If we can't stop the run against a team like that with a coach who sweat through about three different polos, man, he was sweatier than you. That dude, me. That's, that's highlight, by the way. Um, I, it's just, I'm sorry, the ADD's kicking in. I, I've just never seen somebody run off the field that fast after a fumble. No, that, that Georgia State coach, he was so sweaty and so animated. He, you know, I think that he was, he was like, you know that you have like birthing pains for people? You ever heard I know that? all like about birthing pains. pains, labor like, pains. Yep. Yeah, like I think he was having those for me, since like he knew I couldn't. I was like trying to sweat that much and I couldn't yell a lot. He was just doing that, like you know, to help me out. That picture, by the way, was taken with ten minutes and fifty-eight seconds left in the third quarter. Was it really? It was. Gosh. So it's it's not one of those things like where it's like, well, you can't you can't like take it into account because right. it's not during the game or it's like the half had just started. It it it's not the fans' fault, but it was it was sad to see Tennessee fans when that when that picture was brought up have the attitude of like. Well, obviously, we're not going to show up because we're tired of hearing about, they're tired of watching this crap and blah, blah. It's like, listen, I, I, I'm on Twitter seven hours a day. I've seen Vol Twitter this offseason. None of you were like, we're not going to go until you guys start winning. That's not how that happened. That's bad. It's just a bad job for the fans. It's an even worse job from the coaching uh, standpoint. And what, and what Garantano said about how, well, they did a lot of stuff that we, they did everything we didn't see on film. I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm terrified of hearing that. That is a, that is a okay. That's like, an awful just sign. From a, just from a planning standpoint, that is terrifying. And if you can't adjust mid-game, too, to that's Georgia the other issue. State, yeah. You got to go to the swamp in two weeks. Yeah. You got BYU coming to town next week. I Have think, fun with that. I think it's just adding up for Vols fans right now. Like, yeah. I'll come to their defense a little bit. And I know that wasn't the best showing for them today. And, you know, they, they made some... Obviously, like, a lot of them went on social media. They threw Jeremy Pruitt under the bus. They're like, Jeremy Pruitt should be fired. I'm done with this. But I think this is starting to add up. We're talking about a team that hasn't been to a bowl game since 2015. Right. And Or 2016. They beat Nebraska in the Music City Bowl 2016. My bad. Conveniently forgot about that. My bad, Tennessee okay. fans. No, I'm not, I'm not a Nebraska fan by any stretch of the imagination. Anyways... I think this is just starting to add up, and it's starting to wear on them. And, you know, you talk about programs that go through a rebuild and all this, and then you have a moment like today where you, you just want to be excited about something. This, yeah. is the, this is the perfect game where you should just have a chance to get excited, to feel good, to score some points, to win a blowout game. Tennessee just hasn't had those moments. We right. talk about the 28-point victory stat. Like, this should have been it today. Yeah. And, and you lay an egg like that in your defense. You have your defensive-minded coach who you've been heralding lays an egg like that. And that's just frustrating all the way around. It's it, it it couldn't have been a bigger layup too. Oh man, this just is, I mean like awful. this was. Oh, this is like when like you were like 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 the white kid that's like trying out for like JV basketball. It's like no man, I got those sneakers with things on the end, and I'm gonna run with them, and my calves are gonna get big. I got them in an East Bay catalog, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna build a dunk this I, year. I've had several people that I knew in high school that did that. I thought you were gonna say you had several pair. No, 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 okay. no. I, I quit before I. I Sophomore year was my last year of basketball. Anyway, but like that, I honestly, that's what it was like. And I was just like, this is my year. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, no dude. <laughs> no. Just because you said you could dunk with a volleyball on an eight-foot goal does not mean anything. It was like, it just, it looked bad. It just looked bad. It, it looked inept. And, and it's one of those things, too, where it, 
losing losing them is one thing, but losing at home. Just a bad to a look. Two and ten teams. The optics. Four. The optics are just horrible. Of yeah. that. It, it's just not not a good sign. We will talk a lot more Tennessee. I'm sure we're going to have some interesting midweek discussion on the balls. Another team that lost to a group of five team, Ole Miss. Oh, now, I yes, different, totally different scenario. Ole Miss was an underdog going into this game against Memphis. I've already said Memphis was my my group of five team to go to New Year's Six Bowl this year. I was high on them. I touted their offense. And go figure, the winning team in this game had 15 points. Almost what? impossible to do. How does that happen? That... I mean, I, I, I just I was shocked that Memphis didn't do better. And maybe that's a testament to how much better um, Ole Miss's defense Mike was. McIntyre. Yeah, yeah Mike McIntyre is a good starters. first game. Like, yeah, True. Th- that could be it. But like, Benito Jones is 35 years old. Yeah, yeah, he really is. But that, that doesn't really make up the fact that you, you would think you would think that like the, that offense, even though they lost so much production, you'd so think they would look better than what they showed us, because it was not good. Matt Corral had some rough moments, and it just kind of made you realize, like, he had, don't get me wrong, like, he had the, the one scramble where it nearly got into the end zone, where on that little, Rich Rod had a nice little play call on that, where it was like a fake, it was like a reverse, and then mixed in with a fake, yeah. and he ran it ran to the pylon, nearly, nearly scored a touchdown on that play, but I hate to say Ole Miss fans, but, like, brace yourself, because Matt Corral is going to drive you nuts this year. Like, there are going to yeah, be and, so, and so many moments. Luke. And Matt Luke might as well. Like I, that was that was. I mean, they didn't get on the board until what midway through quarter. the third quarter or something. Yeah, it, well, yeah, third quarter. But like the, the Matt Luke thing for me is, I really like Matt Luke, and I really he's a very engaging guy, and I love the fact that a lot like you know somebody like Coach O, he's a guy that it, this means something to. Like he he really, re, like he wants to be the head coach at Ole Miss. He takes a lot of pride in it. He was a lineman there. I think he was like all conference whatever. He like he he's a guy that this this. This job means a lot to you. like. This like is, I don't know if he's going to be a head coach if he's not at Ole Miss. Like he'd be a coordinator yeah, somewhere be, yeah. else. He, yeah, he'll be. He might be a, like an offensive line coach right. in a couple of years somewhere. That would be. But fun. like, it's it sucks to watch because but they don't look like an SEC football team. They don't look like they have. They look like they show up and they didn't realize they had to play at like they're like oh my god we got to kick off now like they 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 thought it's like they showed up. And the game got moved up two hours, and all of a sudden they got to they got to play. They just look kind of like in disarray every single time I see them on the on the sidelines. Going into this game next week, if you lose at home against Arkansas, which they we've will. we've both oh never predicted. mind, Arkansas also sucks. So. Uh, oh, Arkansas, yeah, we'll get to Arkansas in a little bit here, but that that sets the stage for just a a very tough dose of reality for Matt Luke and that fan base. Where if you start off zero and two, man, with losses to a group of five team that's an hour away, and Arkansas, the team that's that was that didn't win an SEC game last year, that's got a coach who's still looking for his his first SEC win, Chad Morris. If you get off to that kind of start, you lose a fan base in a hurry, yeah. and it's not going to get easier in that division. It's just no. not going to, and that's that's the tough thing about dropping a game like this where it was winnable. I mean, credit the defense, Ole Miss defense played well. They gave them a chance to win that game, yeah. but the Ole Miss offense, all that inexperience that we've been talking about for a while. It showed in a big way, and it's unfortunate because there are pieces there, and we like Scotty yeah. Phillips, and we're excited to see what Jaron Ealy could do, and even Matt Corral is going to have his moments, but yeesh, not the best start. Not no. the best start. And, and the, the comment you made, like, we're not going to get any easier, I think, I don't know the next team we're going to go over, but it, it's, South it's, Carolina it's is a next perfect week. segue into what you said about South Carolina, because yep. when they lost to UNC, I said, I said earlier, this is, this is a must-win situation for, for South Carolina. 
like I said, I said it a couple weeks ago, because that schedule is so difficult. And you said as soon as the, as soon as they lost, you said, "Oh man, that's bad." They have seven other games on that schedule that are that are more difficult. It's it was brutal, brutal for South Carolina to to get off to a loss with Mac Brown and his first game back at UNC, a game that South Carolina fans told themselves, "Nope." We won't lose this game. There's no way. Right. There's no way we'll lose this game. They said the entire offseason. And you know what? Jake Bentley was terrible in the second half. And the running attack that got off to a great start, and Feaster had that nice long rushing touchdown, they couldn't get anything going yeah. in the second half. And Bentley had the, had the two picks, obviously. And defensively, you've got to be able to make some stands in the fourth quarter to prevent a f- true freshman quarterback from, from staging a comeback against right. you. But just just an awful look for South Carolina to get off to that type of start against a team that won two games last year. You can't have that. You can't no. have that. If if Will Muschamp's going to be the guy, you need you can't you can't have these games where you know we're talking about schools like UNC and Kentucky and and these places that are like I don't I don't want to like say that they're exactly in the same scenario, but let's let's call them what they are. People that there are schools that are basketball focused, yeah. and you're losing to these schools. And, and if you're South Carolina, that's that's so tough to to sit there and just be like, oh yep, guess we can't even beat them. And I don't know what's ahead for South Carolina because they had a it's lot of issues, obviously. Good. And if if Jake Bentley plays like that, obviously, then the Ryan Hill sinky, um, those calls are going to come in, in a hurry. But yeah, this was um, this was just a disaster for South Carolina, and really just a. A bad day overall for the division. I mean, my yeah, gosh, the SEC East, terrible, terrible day. It's hard overall. to make Vandy look strong. And you know what? Tip of the cap to, to half the SEC East that was like, you know what? This is their week. This week's not about us. Uh, this, this week, let's make Vandy the best losers. And they did. And they did. Mac Brown was dancing like... Was he, though? Yeah, well, he was... Doing what you know, seventy-year-old guys do. He's about. He's never, I just, there. I don't understand. Like, I'm white. I mean, like, my haircut. Thank you, thank all. you for as a white male. But like, as a white male, I just, I think there's stuff I need to get off my chest as a white male. Oh, no, but like, it's amazing to me that somebody isn't physically capable of dabbing, and I hate dabbing, and I'm glad. I, was, I thought about this today before kickoff. I'm just, it's a new year, and I think this is one of the best things about 2019 is that dabbing, dabbing is almost all the way gone. Almost all the way done. I don't think it's ever going to be quite dead. I hope. I mean, I would hope so. That and the Cupid Shuffle. But like, regardless, the, it's it's amazing to me to see a, a an adult human male or female not able to to physically dab. And and Mac Brown, he was he was the furthest from from being able to execute it. But he can coach up an offense. That's uh, all that I matters that, right now. Yeah, I don't think about that, Will Muschamp, if you're listening. Yeesh. I've I've said with Will Muschamp the entire offseason, like. I think he's. I think 2020 is the year that he'll be judged and that he'll be safe, barring disaster. Yeah. Losing to UNC is the start of a disaster. Let's call yeah, it what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, he's, he's on the hot seat and he needs to win next week or else he's going. Like, not saying that, but that is the start of a disaster. All right. Speaking of disasters, Mizzou trucked, <laughs> trucked by, my, by so Wyoming's sorry, running game. My goodness. <laughs> What can Brown do for you? Oh, that is—they got beat by UPS. They did. They—they they really did. And for whatever reason, maybe we didn't talk enough about how what difficult about it was. Wyoming. Well, it's not necessarily about Wyoming, but like Barry Odom's defense and the fact that they—they they had some—they had some pieces to replace. We knew that guys like Terry Beckner up front, and 
But at the same time, we did not think that they were going to be that bad to allow 38 points to a Mountain West school. Yeah. Um, I don't care what conference they're from. I just, the state of Wyoming. 37, 38, whatever it was. I, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine the state of Wyoming being able to score 34 points on a, on a, like, on an SAT. Like, that was, not, that was uncalled for. They, I'm they're smart saying, up there. It's just not, it's not a school, it's not a place that you think of anything that's, that, that they do, they exceed at. And today they beat Missouri. Hunting? Sure, elk, it's, but not like. It's beautiful up there. Is it? Have you been? Yeah. No, I've got a friend who I've got a friend who uh, he's their the staff uh, photographer at the paper up there in Laramie. At the it takes amazing. Yeah. That's the most Wyoming sounding thing ever. It's uh, up there in uh, up there in Casper. Yeah. What's no, the he does really good Wyoming work. Wyoming look like. Uh, potato chip. Everything looks like a potato chip. Okay. Okay. That's our takes on Wyoming. No, but Kelly Bryant threw for a, a bunch of yards, but at the same time, you know, had some issues in this game. Wasn't a hundred percent crisp in the running game. The, the losing the battle at the line of scrimmage was the most troubling thing. Yeah. Larry Roundtree couldn't get anything going whatsoever. Anything. And it's almost like maybe I left him off my top 25 running backs. Don't even. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, just, just a bad game overall yeah. for Mizzou in the trenches. And that, that's going to be, for all the talk about, oh, can Mizzou get into that Georgia game undefeated? Mizzou as a sleeper in, in the division has, has taken a, a, a backseat. Yeah, that's been bad. I had, by the way, like we, it needs to be said at some point. <laughs> just, were we just all wrong about Florida, man? Maybe Florida's really good. Maybe Florida's we just, just have, a dynasty. We just were. Yeah. Sleeping giant. Yeah. Florida had a, had a nice day looking around at the rest of the division being like, oh, how are we going to fare? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I, think, I, I really do think that the SEC East is going to be all over the place. It's, like, um, it's going to be wild this year. I know we have, uh, we've made some heavyweights references before, but like, the SEC East today, like, remember that part of, in heavyweights? He's like, congratulations, you're the fattest kid in camp. And I was like, yeah! Like, that's like... That's, that's Lars, right? Yeah. Classic that's like Lars. kind of what we're going after here like, in the SEC East. It's not... Oh, man. Probably with the exception of Georgia. Kentucky looked good. Kentucky looked good. We'll get to Kentucky when we talk about good, positive things at the when end. We, we that, we're doing a late. little. We're doing some sandwich stuff. Okay. We're, we we start with the good, we go with the bad, and then we end with the good. Um, Arkansas only won by a touchdown against FCS Portland State. When we said, if you can get twenty eight points, man, yeah, g- yeah. give those twenty eight points because that's a I, lock. Portland State was terrible. Is is terrible. There you go. Um, I, I'm at a loss. I'm ben at a Hicks, loss for words. Ben Hicks was benched for Nick Starkle at halftime. Can you imagine being Small ben, Hicks energy. Can you imagine being Ben Hicks and being the all-time leading passer at, at SMU and following Chad Morris to Arkansas, having a bad first half, and then being like, oh, I guess, I guess I'm done. That's just it for me. Well, I mean, can you imagine being Ben Hicks and then having your, your, coach, your coach that you've known for however long give you the, the keys to the offense, say you're Because you knew the system. And yeah, and, and then and, and got, like, the worst pushback. The, fans was were so not many, happy about that at no, all. No. There, were, there, was, there was players that were constantly coming out in, like, in droves in the SC, or, uh, on, on social media and saying things like, hey, like, why don't we get behind this guy and support him instead of, like, talking about how bad he's going to do. And it's like, man, if, like, if Dejan Harris having to do that. Your boy. Yeah, he had to have over 10 tackles, by the way. Yeah. Um, did he? He probably did. Uh, yeah. Rakeem Boyd, last chance you, star, save the day. Um, Nick Starkle wasn't great. Wasn't great. Um, we, we got a quarterback controversy in Arkansas. I think that was a, 
an obvious takeaway. I'm just uh, surprised because I thought I thought the the influx of all these receivers that came in bad drops for the Arkansas yeah. receivers today. Not not a great day for them. Um, let's do some week one overreactions. And I, I'm like to be 100 percent honest, I'm not sure how much we can overreact to this stuff um, because a lot of these takes have already been thrown out there, and I'm sure that. These things could develop, but because it is week one, it is still considered an overreaction with some of the things that we'll say. So one of them, Tennessee fans should bail on Jeremy Pruitt. That's an overreaction for the simple fact that, I'll say this, last year, I'm going to make a Big Ten reference. Get at me. Northwestern lost to Akron. Northwestern still went to a Big Ten championship. Yes, they won the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is not very good, but... The beauty of non-conference play is it is one game. And I've been saying all along that Tennessee is going to be judged on these big headliner games, how they stack up against Georgia, how they stack up against Bama, even how they stack up against, you know, against Mizzou or, or somebody like that, Florida, how they're picked to, to finish in the division, how, how they stack up against the best teams in the SEC is, is what we're going to remember about their season. They have a chance to move past this, but... Jeremy Pruitt, search his name on Twitter, and it's not pretty. No, it's, it's it not be pretty. Either. Um, and I listen to what, like I said, I listen to what Chris Lowe says about something like that, but at the same time, you know, it, it's hard not to, oh, we're watching the, the overthrow that Jake Bentley had at the end of the UNC game. He had chances, man. Like those, some of these throws, like, yeah, he you just can't make that. For roughly four years. You just can't make that. And that's, that's why, I've, like, I, 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 I keep finding myself saying Jake Bentley just kind of is what he is. If the game hasn't slowed down enough for him by this point, then, you Ryan know. Ryan going to be the quarterback at some point. It's just kind of not there. Nice. All right. But the overreaction, Tennessee fans should bail on Jeremy Pruitt. What are your thoughts on that? Do you still it's, feel like they should res- they should be supportive and that yeah, you know, they should hope been, that better days are ahead? It's been one season and one game. You have you have time. It'll be fun. I mean, like, they'll be, I don't know. Like, you, you, should, you don't need to, Jesus. Oh, What? Oh, we're watching because we're we're still watching the um, South Carolina UNC game. You, you the, don't the, the you don't need to bail on him as a coach, but it's also like, you know, there's there's a lot of very real, very real criticism that that needs to be shouldered by him. He had a great off season, and I, I think did, that man. Pruitt has has done a lot of great things off the field. I think his staff hires have been tremendous, bringing in T. Martin and and doing all the things that he's done to really kind of established the Tennessee brand more so and bring it back and from where it was with Butch Jones and he's honest and he's transparent but like when you do stuff like this and you have losses like this you can understand why fans would be like okay I really don't know if this is the guy if we're going to lose games like yes. this. Um, okay the other one and fitting because he's on the TV right now Will Muschamp he's done. Yeah, He's, he's done. getting fired. He's, he's, not, he's sticking I mean, a fork in him. I don't. Again, I don't think it's fair to judge him based off that. And I love what he's doing with this program, such as from a recruiting standpoint and the new facilities. But man, if you can't beat North Carolina, listen. I don't want to spoil it. And I know Chris Wright doesn't listen to our our podcast. But like, if it's, it's, North Carolina is not going to be the feel good story of the year, guys. This is not one of those things where it's like, hey, guess what? We lost to North Carolina, but North Carolina went on to win eight games and also blow out West Virginia in the Champs Sports Bowl. That's not happening. Like, they're not a good football team. They could have what, like, they, 2015 they had a year like that. Sure, absolutely. Everybody remembers that. They hadn't won a neutral site game since 2010. They were one, six in, or they were one and six in the last seven games 
against the spread and 0-4 overall in their last however many openers. That's terrible. Why do you think that line jumped up to double digits? Because everyone, because South Carolina should have won. South Carolina was up by how many points? They're up double digits for sure. Yes. Yeah, it was, um, I, for the pro champ crowd, I'd be very interested to see how they reacted to a day like today. Because the thing with Muschamp is the, the, the streak of the top 25 wins, or top 25 losses rather, the fact that he's had 10 straight losses to top 25 teams. Yeah. He, he like I'll say like just to change the perception to get some of this fan support back to at least make it like a oh he could be the guy long term. You got to be able to beat like a top twenty five team in a hurry, and I'm not saying that's going to happen against Bama in a couple weeks, obviously. But like that that's like he needs an upset bad. Yeah. Badly after a game like this, just to change the overall perception because that Kentucky game's looming. I'm just and throwing maybe, it out there. You know what they need to also do is never play a game in this damn stadium again. Probably. They don't do well in there. Well, they won, I mean, their, they won their, they beat UNC there in 2015 to start off. Sure, they year. lost by 28 to, to Virginia there in, in the Belk Bowl. That's a good point. But, I mean, it, no, like with Muschamp, you're right. He definitely, definitely, definitely needs like a, a upset quick. It just, what I don't understand from this game is, you're, you talk about like how his, his record against the ranked teams, he's, he's, Lost his last ten, you said. Last he's ten. He's two and eighteen overall against top twenty-five teams. He hasn't beat. Yes, that's accurate. He has not beat at at, at South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. He's not beat. He's not beat a top ten team while he's been there. It's it's not good. It's not going to get any better. He's got a lot of. He's he's got that schedule is not getting any easier, like you said. And it's if you're not scoring points in the fourth quarter, you're going into the fourth quarter up twenty to nine. So you have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Just protect it. And not only are you not able to put that away, you can't add on to the lead and score any more points, but you also can't protect the lead with that defense, which, honestly, we all thought was going to be the strength. The front seven was going to be the strength of the team. I don't think it's an overreaction to say if Jake Bentley has a couple more weeks like this, it's going to get awkward for him in a hurry. Awkward in that when you're a senior quarterback who's been starting for three years and it's like, okay, you're going to have – you know the the true the true freshman come in behind you, and I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but I, it it could get very interesting. And I'm not saying that there'd be a Kelly Bryant situation where you know you, you go for the redshirt rule or something like that because that is still on the table for Bentley. I mean, let's not. I'm just saying. I'm I mean, not. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's worth keeping in the back of your mind that that is that is a possibility. And right now. For South Carolina, that was the exact exact thing that you wanted to avoid with yeah. this daunting schedule ahead. It's going to be real awkward and interesting when he uh, becomes the first player to enter the transfer portal and just goes to straight through to Enterprise Rent-A-Car, become an assistant manager. They set you up with a great career there. They do. They give you the tools to be your own boss. They do. Um, last overreaction. The SEC is dead. It is dead That's as we know it. That's a thing to say. I mean, um, even Danny Cannell wouldn't say that, guys. I'll be honest with you. Even Danny Cannell wouldn't say that. What did Danny Cannell say? He, he said some things. You were texting with your buddy today. He, so, Cannell, Cannell said, oh man, it wasn't great. He had, he had a lot to say. Florida State fans saying a lot on a day like today. Makes you wonder. Yeah, well, I mean, I, he was, to be fair, he, didn't, he wasn't like as bad, but he was like, I know we lost today, but it's like, man, as a whole conference, tough to... True. Yeah. I will say, though, that so much of the playoff perception and the way that we talk about conferences during the year is based on you know a week like this. And if people pronounce the SEC dead, 
there, there are a lot of people who are going to be like, who are just going to hold on to the belief that the SEC is overrated all year because of this week one. Yeah. And the, the fact that you lose to multiple group of five teams and, you know, you, you have showings like what Tennessee did and then people are going to be like, oh, well, Georgia beat Tennessee and that obviously doesn't really count from very much. And that does trickle into the playoff discussion. So, yes, while the contenders performed very well today, and we'll get to that in a little bit, that does have an impact on the rest of the conference. That's the yeah, only well, thing Yeah, well, the good news is they beat the highest ranked team they were playing, they beat. True. And the there are still headliners left as well. And if the SEC sweeps... It's big three headliners this yeah. year, which Auburn, Oregon, LSU, Texas, and then Notre Dame, Georgia. Then maybe it's a little bit of a different discussion as it relates to the playoff. Five things to make Tennessee fans feel better. We've Total? got we've got five things. Okay, we're we're helping you out. We don't want Tennessee fans to just stop listening. We want we don't want them to be disinterested in the rest of the season. We want them to, to come back, come back to Neyland, come back to us. First thing, there are no more Sun Belt teams on the schedule. I haven't looked at the schedule, but that's just my guess because usually SEC teams only play one Sun Belt team. Is Georgia is Georgia State a Sun Belt team? Yeah, I think. You they know, are. I don't know. I think they are. I don't think there's any more Sun Belt teams in the schedule. That's good. That's Num- positive. Number two, Jeremy Pruitt is not in the top half of the highest-paid coaches in the SEC. That's good. At least you're not paying him like five million bucks a year to lose yeah. to Georgia State. Positive. Number three, Rick Barnes. Just signed a new contract. He's going to be in Knoxville for a while. You tweeted today, Tennessee, officially a basketball school. That At least you got something. That, they are. They are, though. Where's the lie on that? Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to completely tell Tennessee fans how they should feel about that, but yeah. Rick Barnes, great coach. That's good. Um, so this, this take is from you. I don't feel like I should be the one to say it. I feel like you should be the one to say it. Um, Something about a little boat that might not. At have least had the you were on day. that boat that burned down. That looked horrible. I've seen Titanic. Bad. Can you imagine Titanic with fire? Ooh, it what, like a, a, what a perfect like Tennessee football 2019 Titanic with oh fire. Boy. That's not a good sign when you when that uh, happens. No. Probably to start the game. Maybe we should have known. Corn can't grow at all on Rocky Top. That's what they say. That's what they say. Last and final thing, Michael B. Jordan also lost to a Panther. And he's doing just fine. That's the best one of the... Yeah, guys, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, Panthers are hot right now. Very hot. Super hot. So, I mean... Carolina Panthers. I don't know about that. I don't know why you even opened with that. Black Panther. White Panthers not really having a great year. Florida Panthers, NHL Panther. team. They're still a team somehow. Yeah. It smells like gasoline, but, you know... I mean, Sex Panthers is always going to be hot. So, it's like, you know, Panthers are hot, man. Panthers are hot. What there were... There were good things. And as you said, the SEC contenders, they all looked legit. We already yeah. mentioned Auburn. LSU's offense rolled, much to the, to the delight of our producer, Will. Um, Joe, Burrow, Joe Burrow tied a school passing record in the first half with five touchdown passes. Five so whole touchdown passes, folks. Five. Five. That's pretty Hold good. On, but put that in perspective. At one point, was it the first quarter he had four? Uh, it was something, it, yeah, if it wasn't in the first quarter, it was like the beginning of the second quarter. He had quarter 16 that he last year. Yeah, and I, I said to you, I'm like, oh, he's already 25% of the way there to his season total. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so that was good. LSU fans feeling ah. good about their offense going into the Jared Texas Curley game. looks like a yellow M&M. That's, that's unfair. It's just because he's bald. Yeah, that's fair. It's just because he's bald. Um, that, that's a positive for LSU going into that Texas game. LSU is feeling very good about Joe Brady in the <laughs> offense. <laughs> You can't get over this. Your ADD is getting the best of you. It's, you can't stop looking at Jeremy Pruitt. It's been a long day. 
All right. We'll do this. The other good thing. George's defense looked legit today. Shut down the big three. Yeah. Played very, very well on the road. I say that with a question mark because it wasn't really the road. They, so was there any Vandy fans? I don't know. They didn't show them. They did not show them. It was a an all-Georgia crowd. Uh, George's defense was lights out. Really, really good. Uh, the offense took a little bit to get going, but DeAndre Swift looked look good. I and then swear Zemir to God, White. if they didn't cover the spread on that one, we would have put a hole in one of the TVs. That was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> um, but I think Georgia fans have to at least be feeling good about the defense. Offense, still still figuring things out, obviously, with the receivers. Just viewing, just reading my texts from, uh, from my Georgia friends, Georgia fans are real confident right now. Really? Well, well, you don't just waltz into Commonwealth Stadium there on a Saturday afternoon in August. Or what today, August? I mean, August like, 31st, yeah. It's, 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 what, where are we at right now in 2019 where, where we have Georgia fans who've been talking trash all offseason about this is their year where they beat Vanderbilt, can, I guess convincingly? Yeah, it was convincingly. It was never, it was never really like, much of a game. Yeah. It was, it was 24-6 for a while, and then you know, we were like, Vandy's not going to get It was never in doubt. Yeah. It was never in doubt. But it was also kind of like, where's this offense? Right, right, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, Bama's defense, I thought, today was impressive. That's, that's what I wrote about, shameless plug. The question marks that we had about Bama's defense looked really good, albeit against a Duke team that had new quarterback, um, replacing the all-time great Daniel Jones. But Alabama's defense with Christian Harris, with Shane Lee, yeah. with the, the freshman inside linebackers looked really good. Uh, Terrell Lewis, who I mistakenly said looked kind of small, saw him in person. I take he back that take. Had a sack in like the first play. <laughs> yes, um, he, he's good at football when he's on the field. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, Trayvon Diggs looked exceptional today. Yeah, really, really good. That was super encouraging. If you're a Bama fan, that that Bama defense felt a whole lot more like 2017 and 2018. Yeah, and I, I, the thing is also like David Cutcliffe's a great offensive mind. Bama's not going to go play anybody else this year that's going to run the flexbone or the wishbone <laughs> or whatever the hell that was. Flexbone was what it was called. Yeah. What's the difference between the flexbone and the wishbone? I don't well, know. One's inverted. One's, one's... Like the wishbone is like your, your backs are basically... I want to say they're like... To the line of scrimmage? No. That's not. a real Yeah, they're like, they're like kind of like this. They're, like they're closer. So it's, you're running more of like a fullback behind you and two running backs on the side. So you're trying to get two lead blockers if you're running a toss sweep. A, a, a flex bone is when you have the fullback like directly behind you and then you have the running backs behind him, almost like a split formation, if that makes sense. Who decided what was an illegal formation one day? It's real. Like, who, who sat there one day right, and was like... I have no idea. I promise you that's right. <laughs> that was right. way more detailed. Like, you yeah. could have made all that up and I would have no I I'm would pretty have no sure idea. it's right. I mean, there's going to be some dude named Harold that his high school football team runs a flex bone or a wish bone. He's like, ain't no way I'm listening to this crap right now. <laughs> Harold, I'm sorry. Sorry, Harold. Um, but Duke was not effective 1% against that Bama defense. How nervous was that first quarter, though? Um... I don't, I don't know. Go Explain. I, I mean, I wasn't nervous at all. I'll tell you what. I, I love when stuff like this happens, especially with Vegas, because people do overreact to it. And, and I wasn't great on my picks today. There was no easier money to be made in, in Las Vegas today than, than the bet of putting uh, Bama to, cover tw- to score 20 and a half or more points in the second half. True. That was okay, just that's easy, true. That was free easy money. money. 
The other two good things that we'll hit on, um, the Mississippi State offense looked way better with Tommy Stevens. Just a much better pass passer than Nick Fitzgerald. We're watching the highlights right yeah. now. And the poise that he has, like, I, I've said, I, <laughs> oh, as he gets sacked, Whoa, as he gets sacked. Connor says that he gets sacked immediately. Look. Tommy Stevens did have a good day, though. I'll and say missed that. Missed field oh, goal. Missed, Perfect. The backup kicker missed Whoa, the field goal today. Geez. Because the seven suspensions, which we found out about yeah. right before the game, Willie Gay, one of those players who's, who's suspended, and so is Chase Chrisman. Um, but all in all, a good day for, for Tommy Stevens in the offense. Kylan Hill nearly hit two bills on the ground. Um, Mississippi State, I think that the identity of this team is just going to be a little bit different than last year. They're going to be able to score a lot more points. They're also going to allow more points. They allowed yeah. 20, you know, 28 points to a Louisiana team that they dominated last year. But just a different identity with this team. Kentucky, Terry Wilson, neighbor Terry Wilson. Yep. Cooking up some burgers and dogs at his neighborhood cookout. Flipping them, brother. Flipping them. He was great today. Um, rushing attack looked good. Kentucky was able to put up some points. Again, like with Mississippi State, just going to have a different identity. We need to like just yeah. completely take 2018 oh, out of our minds in terms of how they won games. But we will are we watching Mac Brown dancing. So bad. Yeah, it is. It's it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Um, just completely take twenty eighteen out of our minds. They will have yeah. a new identity. But Kentucky did cover, and our guy Chris Bear Felica did have that as one of his locks of the week. Kentucky yeah. covering. I was surprised that he did that. But cats look good. Cats should be feeling good about themselves going into. Well, they got Florida in two weeks here, so um, Kentucky answers answers the bell nicely in week one. Marler, there's one other good thing. One other good thing. Do you know Zoo what it lost is? lost the Sun Bowl champs of 1968. I was going to not quite. Florida State lost today to Boise State. The good thing was not simply, oh, you know, Connor, you hate Florida State. You said they were the most desperate team in the country. You're right. I did say that. What I also said to you earlier today, when Florida State was up 31 to 13, I said it's going to be a real shame when Florida State blows this lead. And yeah, what did they do? I had money on that. I know. That was kind of mean of me. It was. But then it actually happened, and that never happens with anything I say. Um, you guys are reacting so much to everything on TV this right now. This is crazy. Uh, this run back in this Wyoming game, I can't call it a Mizzou game, it's, it's a Wyoming game, but wow, that was just a yeah. sequence of very sad events. I will say that I was sad for the Florida State thing because of my, my boy T-Huck. Tyler Huck is like one of my best friends. In, winning and, and boozing. Yeah, that's right, winning and boozing. We need to get that, get that back going here in a couple weeks. Um, no, but like, that sucks because like, it, it's one of those things where you kind of thought they were going to turn a... Turn a a corner of the program, and it looked like they kind of had. And also, like, moving that game up. Fine Mom said this morning, he's like, you know, moving that game up, it's like, I think, I can see Boise State winning that game. Moving that game up from, from 7 p.m. to 12, I didn't think helped Boise, like Boise State. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I don't you know why kick off at, like, would. 10 a.m. their time, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, but either way, it's, it's inexcusable to have that happen, it's, and especially at a home game. Yeah, Florida State never changed. Why don't you tell us about our good friends, Texas Pete? I tell you what, guys. The, the the best part about going into this this uh, what do you call it today? The press box was we walk in. There's Chick Fil A everywhere and just very daintily set up in the corner. Oh yeah. You, like the, the main show, okay? The main show was the Chick Fil A sandwiches. No, no. What was under the lights? What was on display, Connor? The heat. The, the eat. The heat. Texas Pete. Uh, each and every week we talk about this, guys. We went down to, I went to Orlando, got to shoot some commercials. 
Um, the come up has just been real, guys. I've, I've, I've really, have, I've used Texas Pete on pretty much everything that I've put in my mouth, uh, except for alcohol, on every Saturday since I was like 10 years old, 12 cereal. years old. Cereal. Yes, yeah, cereal. Big, big Texas Pete cereal guy. I had Texas Pete on my eggs this morning at the hotel. I was very, very, I was pleasantly surprised that they had to, like multiple bottles of Texas Pete yeah. at the omelet station just to be able to douse right there. And I was like, it's like I'm at home right now. This is perfect. Right. Texas Pete is like, it's like a Drake song, but for your mouth. Like it's never, it's never a bad time to hear Drake. It's never a bad time to put Texas Pete in your mouth. Is that mouth. the reference? I don't know. I don't is know. that, I don't, I'm just saying either never way. Never a bad time to hear a Drake song. Is there? Yeah. You do this right during the ad read? Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Go ahead. Regardless, uh, this year, guys, Make sure you are tailgating with Texas Pete. Head to texaspeet.com slash tailgate uh, and send us or look at the recipes. Try some stuff out at home and make sure you are sending us pictures just like our boy Tommy O'Rourke did from San Serini and all around the Amalfi Coast. And I'm sure the, the pictures aren't going to be as fancy as that, but send us pictures of your Texas Pete tailgating or home gating pics on, and use the hashtag sauce like you mean it. So no losses this year, Connor. No losses, just sauces. I'm going to say that the chances of you actually having fourth and wrong questions to put up right now are... In the doc, my computer's dead. 40%. Uh, I mean, we, we got some questions. All right. Let's all answer, I'll questions? answer them on the fly. Let's do it. First and foremost, we have 54, 54 comments. So are you ready for this? Wow. All right. You know what? Let's start with this one. Casey Hansen, my boy. What SEC team needs the most therapy after this week? Ooh. It's Tennessee fans just because all that they've been through with Butch, with intern Butch Jones, and having the experience that they had with the coaching search and all that, this was more of like, wait, I thought we were out of the woods. I thought, I thought, this was, I thought everything was going to be okay. I thought Pruitt was going to take us to the promised land. And here I am questioning everything. They need to go sit in a therapist chair for like three hours until they get their next win and just be able to figure things out. They need to know how they should feel. Yeah. So I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I think Tennessee, Mizzou, like those could easily play. I think the answer is South Carolina. And I think the answer is this, because whenever I Ooh. think of therapy that's not my own, I always think of Goodwill Hunting when it's like the whole cliche is like, it's not your fault. I know, I know. It's not your fault, Will. That's what South Carolina needs to hear right now, because this today was their fault. Oh, but yeah. the next seven losses they're going to have this not season, not their fault. Not their fault. And somebody needs to tell them that, and they probably need to give Will Muschamp another, oh boy, another another chance here. Um, Jay Woody said, "Number one question is why don't you ever reply to my Facebook Messenger message?" That's I, not a fourth or wrong question. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen this. I haven't seen that one. But, okay, well, Jay Woody came through again with with like even more questions than usual. Let's see this one. Um, we all meet up and you buy the first round. What are you ordering to impress us but not break the bank? Oh, ooh, or not break the bank. That's tough. See, if probably Stella, because that's the basic, like, yeah. I'm trying to impress you. It's not over the top. Yeah. Like, I want to drink a little bit classier. If we're at, like, a really hoity-toity place, I'm probably going old-fashioned. Yeah. That's, those are my two main, like, oh, I'm in a place of establishment that I should probably not just... Like, I'll order a tall boy PBR. That's what I would get. Okay. As I drink a tall boy PBR. I mean, I don't really, um, like, if, if you guys are going to drink with me, I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'll be in charge of that. So you're going to get Bud Light and Fireball. 
And I don't, I mean, like, because I'm not, what I'm not going to do is order you a vodka soda slash cranberry because I don't want you guys being as basic white girl as me, for one. And then two, I don't, I, we don't need to start drinking bourbon that early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think, and bourbon can get out of control. What about White Claw? Well, oh, man. I, you said impress. I didn't say like, derail their entire life. Well, it depends who you're trying to impress. The claw, the claw's right. where it's at. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see here. What is your go-to Starbucks order? Ice caramel macchiato. It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> I drink black coffee every morning, though. I'll say that. Like people probably don't think that I actually do. I do drink black coffee every morning. I don't have any creamer in it to or offset anything. Offset the fact that. But every once in a while, I like I like my ice caramel macchiato. It's delicious. I I, I can go with a variety of drinks at Starbucks. I, I can go kind of all over the place. I like little um, every once in a while, little little white mocha. Um, I could just do a straight up mocha. Yeah, straight up mocha. Salted caramel mocha. Um, I could do like like I said, I could just do black coffee. I could do cold brew. Whatever you want, I can probably I can probably drink it. I like coffee. So. I, my, you know what I used to drink, and this was way too much, when I used to be like all hopped up on caffeine all the time? I used to get a large iced coffee with four shots of espresso in it. Seems a bit much. Yeah. So I've dialed it back. Now what I do is do a, a large or a medium uh, non-fat latte, which comes with two shots. And then I add two more shots. So you still do four shots? I still do four shots of espresso almost every morning. Um, that explains everything. With my drink. But the milk, the milk dulls it down a little bit. It's not as bad. I gotta get it going, man. I got stuff to do. I got dogs to watch. I got a dog to watch. Takes all four shots. You have three. Well, here's the thing, though. I'm not, I'm not trying to say this is an excuse. There's no reason for me to consume that much, that much content or uh, caffeine. But with what I have to do, it's different than what you have to do because, like, you have to be calm, cool, like measured, and make like logical statements. For the most part, what I have to do is be on, like. Like be on That's and, fair. and funny and engaging and, and sometimes I just want to take a little nap. How do you right, do right that after four <laughs> shots of espresso? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Last but not least, these are some really good questions here, guys. I'm sorry we didn't get through all of them. Um, let's see here. How do you convince fa- convince fans of a team you mooch? Jeez. Oh, How do you convince fans of a team you mutually root for to pull for teams in the same division when they're playing other teams? That's, that's, it's too late for that. That, that question just put my right? brain in a pretzel. Okay, let's do another one. Um, let's see here. Congrats to whoever submitted that question, though, because you, you yeah. stumped us. Uh, Nick Saban at Orger on Les Miles in a Jello wrestling competition. <laughs> Who wins is pretty good. Um, my bad. Hold on. We're going to get to the last one here in a second. Was the new Tool album, album worth the wait? Do you the know what? anything about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. What's your favorite mascot? Moira Priven Bushell. What's your favorite mascot? I'm an Ugga stand. I'm an Ugga stand through and through. Um, I think that Ugga gets treated well, as we know from that LA Times story a couple years ago of, of Ugga at the Rose Bowl. Gets five-star hotels. Yeah. Gets just treated better than most human beings. Lives a great, great life. A lot of the zoom-in shots of Ugga, of Ugga, it's very late, are yeah. very flattering in my opinion. Watching Feinbaum kiss Ugga on the mouth a couple years ago. It's, it's a, they do it on the promo on SEC Network a lot. Yeah. That kind of warms my heart a little bit. Yeah. And every time I see Ugga, I, I feel just a little bit younger and a little bit happier about Man, life. Man, this is so much. 
Um, Love Aka. Uh, so, you know, I, I, like, Obby is, is a pretty good mascot. Uh, by the way, I also want a, bull, a bulldog and yeah. name it Murphy, and that definitely has a lot to do with why I love Aka. That's Oka. fair. Um, God, there needs to be a corgi mascot for sure. Uh, let me start with who I don't like. Clemson's mascot is terrifying. His little beady eyes and small-ass ears. I don't like that guy at all. Eh, Land Shark than- Tony is... If you're if you're seeing Land Shark Tony and still sleeping that night, not just because you've had four shots of espresso, it's it's just he is a terrifying individual. If you're seeing Land Shark Tony, it's already too late. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> that's just such a good just point. That, um, Land Shark Tony and Purdue Pete. Uh, just Purdue Pete's it. also terrifying. Yeah, horrifying. I tell you who I, I love Uga for sure. I, I love a live mascot, Mike the Tiger. I'm a big fan of him. Fantastic. Um, I like the USC Trojans mascot a little bit. Okay. Because it's just, it's a kind of... Yeah, he's dressed up, you know, he's like a warrior. It's like yeah. a Trojan, obviously. Big but. Benny the Beaver fan. Okay. Big Benny the Beaver. Like classic Benny the Beaver. I know the, the, the Oregon State love is probably going to be too much for our listeners here soon. Yeah, there's been a lot of Oregon State I'm love. just saying, Benny the Beaver's the man. The old okay. school Beaver, which is like, that, that, that's, that's probably one of my favorites. So there you go. It might mean too much... Just Bama fans yelling, roll, Todd, roll, in the Marta on our way Oh, back. on the way home? That was... Trying to fight Duke fans? Excessive. It's like, you know, just won 42-3. Okay, you know what's funny is... is dial it, it back. When they had, like, the whole... Like, like, I remember, like, Georgia and Georgia Tech fans always say this. It's like, you could always tell who the Georgia fan is because he's the one calling the Georgia Tech fan balls. But, like, there's not a single person that I saw today that was a Bama fan that would ever hold a job that a Duke person was in charge of. Okay. Like, I don't see, I don't think you see a lot of mingling with those two fan bases. Okay. It's like, it, it almost felt like Duke fans- It was weird. Came to the zoo. Yeah. And had to, but they had to like have, like a, a, like a, they had to spend the night in the zoo. Very outnumbered, very How long did we do this for, Will? Was it too long? Let's, let's, uh, let's get to, we have four or five star reviews to get to. Ooh. And then we'll let Marley go Let's to save them. Um, let's, we'll, let's get to them real quick, okay. real quick. Um, so we got Benton in Benton and Buddha. This is uh, name a more iconic duo. All wait. This is a really nice review. Uh, Connor and Chris are the best in the business and would choose to listen to them over any sports podcast out there. These guys know their stuff and consist and constantly bring hot takes and humor regarding all things SEC. Between Ed Talks and awesome The Office references and other amazing hashtag content, I cannot get enough of the podcast. It never fails to make me bust out laughing at work. Added bonus, my wife has always just followed my lead in all things college football, but she is now a frequent listener on her morning commute and talks SEC ball with me. Needless to say, our marriage is better than ever, thanks to Connor, Chris, and the SDS podcast. Gig'em, fellas. Come visit College Station for game day. Beautiful. Thank you, Benton and Buddha. Buddha. Um, Okay, I've got one. I'm trying to sift through the one bad one. Oh no, we're not reading the we're not reading the bad one. Uh, best podcast ever from AT and T is trash. Chris and Connor are the best. Whenever I'm on break at work and I'm eating lunch in my car, I listen to SDS and it lets me escape for an hour. Keep up the good work, guys. By the way, whenever y'all get y'all's own show on SC Network and y'all need some more analysts, feel free to hit me up. Looking forward to the season. Go Tigers! And listen, man, if you need someone to eat your lunch with, I don't want you to be like Steven Glansberg. You just hit us up. We'll come eat lunch with you. I'd love to see an analyst named AT&T is trash. Yeah, perfect. Be quite the name. 
Uh, this one's from ZRY22, subject, the hot sauce of all college sports podcasts. Texas Pete and SDS, SDS and Texas Pete, what else do you need? Best SEC, no, the, come at me, Ohio State, best podcast out there. Love every episode, and it helps get through the days. Fan for life. Thank you, ZRY22. Last one, the goats. This is from Michael Luker. The SDS podcast is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. The perfect mix of humor and knowledge. I listen to it before school, on long drives, really anywhere. Great people, great podcast, great content. Thank you to everybody who has Thanks, guys. given us a five-star review, who has followed along for all of our hashtag content throughout the day, throughout the week. It's just week one. We're just yeah. getting started. It's a marathon, not a sprint. For all of those SEC fan bases who are wondering, what next week is gonna look like after brutal week one showings, it's gonna get better. There's only, the good news, there's only one way to go, and yeah. it's up. And that's the only way that we're gonna go, is up. This has been fun though. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go down into my bed. Yeah, you're gonna go down. You are tired, you're like as tired as I've ever seen you. I, I, I don't know what happened. I think it's because I was just riding that wave of you were. emotional momentum for most of the day, and now I'm just like, Ey. Yep. Um, make sure that you watch Marler on Facebook Live, which is going to be Monday, Monday night. Monday nights, 8.30. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram, at Saturday on South. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at the SDS Pod, at Vern Funquist, at CJ O'Gara. Follow, follow Will Marler for all your, uh, Will Marler, wow, it's really late. Follow Will Ogburn for all your S, um, LSU fan takes as well. Any LSU fans who just need somebody to, to listen to on a given fall Saturday, go so hard on Twitter. But, Marler, when are we going to do another live pod together? That's got to be real soon, right? Yeah, two weeks, three weeks. Three weeks? Four weeks. Well, I'm not, yeah, probably probably three weeks, man. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a lot of announcements coming up. We've got a lot of travel plans in the forecast. Coach O, what do we ah. need to remember? Ah. Good night, you might be too much. Talk to you later this week. <laughs>